What is up, everybody? We are back with our podcast slash YouTube video. If you guys are listening on the podcast, just let you guys know, I have a full like video on YouTube with pictures to go along with this podcast. So if you want to check that out, go to youtube.com slash Country. Let's get right into this video. So I'm breaking down what I think, like this is very early free agency predictions for the Timberwolves. Like we are still months away, but it's, it's a very interesting topic. And I want to kind of explain some like cap situation stuff too, as we go along and like how all of that works, because I know a lot of people don't know how, you know, going above the, the, the luxury, I mean, above the NBA salary cap and going below the, the luxury cap and how all of that works. Um, so let's break that down. I will first be breaking down our own free agents. Then I'll talk about two guys. I think the Wolves have a shot at getting this offseason. Obviously, there's no actual rumors to get these guys like yet. But I, I think if I had to guess right now, I think we could really strongly pursue these guys and they make a lot of sense for our team. All right, so let's talk about the guys that are actually on our team right now. The most familiar faces to you guys. The first guy is Torian Prince. And he is the only guy here that I'm going to actually say that we are going to resign. I think we resign him and like obviously the contract details like this is what I would guess would happen. Obviously things could, you know, it could be a lot different. Um, but my prediction is that we do resign Torian Prince to a one year, $6 million contract. He's been a pretty crucial part to the bench scoring as of late. And he's been a much better shooter. He's been more efficient. He's fit well with the team chemistry and the culture. He's a little bit older. He's been in some playoff series before. So he just makes a lot of sense to keep on this team. And I think we keep him on that low, you know, $6 million range. Um, and then next up, you guys got like Josh Kogi. I think he walks personally. I I just, I don't think we re-sign him. I, he's just not on the rotation right now. It's like, we don't really have the need for him. I think we can, you know, invest, like he wouldn't take up much. Like if we did sign him, I think it'd be like something like one year, two to $3 million. Like that's not going to kill you with money but I just don't see the need for him right now. Like he can be a situational defender, but he just doesn't really play for us. So it makes sense to save those roster spots for other players and go out invested in, you know, just different areas and, you know, the money, like it, it's it's insignificant money really, but it, it could be significant because you never know how close we're gonna get to luxury tax, I guess. So every few million helps. And then I got Jake Lehman walking. I think this one is what, what everybody could see happening. Like, he just doesn't play. Like, he's awesome, you know, MVP chance. He's gotten, you know, the second most MVP chance on the team this season behind Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe even more. Like, to be honest, he gets a ton late game when he comes in. But if we do resign him, it'd be like a one-year minimum contract. I don't think it would be any more than that. But obviously, he doesn't really play. So it'd be nice to say that Rosh bought for somebody else. And by the way, I mean, I can't go any more in this video without showing off my sweet... I love Pat Bev sticker. If you guys are listening to the podcast, you obviously can't see it. So if you want to see it, you have to go to check out the YouTube video, but I got this on my computer. Um, I think Jake Graffs on Twitter is his name, has a full shop of all these dope things. He doesn't even, like, he's not sponsored me or anything. Like, he's got a super dope shop, and I got that for, like, seven, six bucks, I think. Four bucks before taxes and, like, shipping, shipping stuff. But let's break down the cap situation for the Wolves. Um, we have $119 million already on the books which it was more like 106 million before we re-signed Beverly, but obviously, you know, we re-signed him and phenomenal contract. I love that we re-signed him. This is not a video for him, but I love that big time. Um, so we are $2 million below the cap and we're $28 million below the luxury cap. First things first, the NBA has like, a, it's a soft salary cap. 
like you can go over the salary cap without getting punished like i think in 2018 2019 for example like only like four or five teams were under the salary cap you know just it doesn't really happen that like you can easily go over the salary cap like this year like this exact season i think we're like what 20 plus million over the salary cap we're just below the luxury cap which is the real you know cap that you're supposed to be below um so if you do go over the luxury cap your owner has to pay heavy tax dollars so a team this next season if you're like over 165 million dollars in your payroll your owner is going to have to pay about 30 million dollars out of their own pocket just for that season so unless your owner is elon musk you know a lot of teams are not going to be paying the luxury cap or unless your owner is like super invested and he's really willing to put 30 million dollars non-profit out of his pocket every year i guess you're going to win some championships but that just never really happens um there are bird rights though like look at the warriors the warriors have 107 million 170 million dollars on their sheets this season but their top two contracts curry and thompson are both both those players have bird rights meaning if you stick with a team for over three full seasons like cat has his bird rights so we could sign him while going over the luxury cap and it wouldn't you know count as tax dollars against us so in the future when we do have to re-sign those guys like cat and delo we can go over the luxury cap while signing them it, you know we wouldn't have to pay tax dollars for it um it would just hurt you know the rest of the roster i guess you could say um but yeah you can go over that with bird rights um and disclaimer we can't just spend all 28 million dollars on one player it has to be like spread out you like there's mle contracts you can spend like i think the max we could sp i don't even know what the max is to be honest but i know we cannot spend it all on one player there's specific rules that are super complex and i don't really know if i could describe them to you but just know you cannot spend all this 28 million dollars on one guy that's why we're not going to get like an all-star so let's get into the part that everybody's been waiting for the first signing and this one i would love this so much like even if we just make this signing this offseason which it's, it's realistic it's not like a completely unrealistic move this is a realistic move the Timberwolves could definitely make but if we just make this move i would love it like of course i'd like to make more but this is a really good signing i have a signing hassan whiteside to a one-year 5.5 million dollar contract he's a seven foot center for the utah jazz 32 years old in year 10 he's an unrestricted free agent this offseason he's putting up 8.1 points per game 7.6 rebounds per game and 1.5 blocks per game off the bench for the utah jazz which those are pretty flipping good numbers when he's only playing 18.1 minutes per game I think he's just like he's the perfect you know model of what the Timberwolves need we need somebody to come off the bench who can block shots rebound or just in general we need more size on the team we don't have much size he would instantly become our tallest player on the team by over an inch like right now I don't know who's taller between Jaden and Cat I really don't I don't even know if Cat's 6'11 he might be 6'10 and Jaden he I know he's over 6'10 now um but Jaden might actually be taller than Carl Anthony Towns um but I mean, this gives us more flexibility as a team too, because Hassan Whiteside could play next to Cat theoretically. I don't know if they would really ever start together. Like, obviously, Cat's never gonna hit the bench unless he come becomes like a really old man and he's like in his late thirties with the team and he's just not as good anymore. But at points during the game, it would be ideal to you know see Cat and our big man play, especially against really big teams like the Raptors, because we know Cat can guard power forwards, but we 
like Nasri cannot protect the rim like we want him to. Nasri cannot guard power forwards. He's too slow. So having a guy like Hassan Whiteside to command the paint would be really nice because he's a better rim protector than Cat, even though he comes off the bench. Like, it's noticed that Cat, Cat's like more of an average rim protector. Like, we don't really have a phenomenal rim protector on the team. I think Hassan Whiteside would be coming come to this team and he would, you know, up the rim protection by a lot, you know, just by himself. But I just, I could even see us sending more money at um, Hassan Whiteside because he's just, he could be that big of a need for us because of just what he brings. He just, he filled so many voids on this team and I really, really want to sign Hassan Whiteside this offseason. This would probably be like, this is the more money signing. I think Wolves fans would be more psyched about this signing um, because you know, I he's pr probably projected to be a good or a better player. He's got more upside. I have a signing Chris Boucher of the Toronto Raptors on a two-year, $18 million contract with a player option in the second season. He is 6'9", he's 29 years old, 9.2 points per game, four rebounds per game for the Raptors. Boucher is a, or Boucher, I, I don't really know. It's one of those two. He's, he's got a tough last name, um, but he's a very talented forward who didn't break out like a lot of people expected him to. Like he had a little bit of a breakout year last year, but he didn't, he just declined kind of this year. Um, and I think a lot of that could be due to him playing less of a role with the addition of Scotty Barnes to that roster. That team has tons of, you know, big, lengthy, talented power forwards and small forwards. So he's been pushed down the rotation. He hasn't been playing as much. He's playing 24 minutes per game last year. Now he's playing 20 minutes per game. So the need for the Raptors to keep him this offseason could be a lot lower, and that opens up windows for a team like the Timberwolves to come in and get him because, I mean, he's a nice mold of what we could have. We, I think, I mean, we have guys like Jared Venerable and Jaden McDaniels to do something like that. But adding another very big wing defender who can score like a little bit off the bench, that would be phenomenal for us. And it's not really a long-term deal, but it could be up to a two-year deal. So, you know, we're talking, you know, next year and the year after, obviously. So maybe in two years down the road and he's on his last year of the deal, potentially if he opts into the contract, you know, maybe that's a team that could contend and he could be part of that contending team. Um, but I would love this contract. And I think he, it makes a lot of sense for him too. If he has a really good season, you know, if he proves to be above a $9 million AVA or AVV, I don't know which one it is, average value, average annual value, AAV, actually, yeah, it's AAV, average annual value. Um, but if he, if he proves to be over a $9 million AAV, then he can opt out and he can get more money in the offseason. But if he, you know, has a down season again, he just, you know, he proves that he's maybe even not even worth the $9 million and he can opt into the contract and then, oh, lucky him, he gets to make in our $9 million of playing basketball off the, the bench for the Timberwolves. So I really like this deal for both sides. And I could see some team offering more. Like, I'm not saying that's not possible because it definitely is. Like, some team could come out of nowhere and offer him like a four-year, $40 million contract. You never know. But this is just prediction that I have. Obviously, again, there's no rumors to both of these things happening yet. But these are two signings that I realistically could see happening, and they make sense for both sides. And I think we would sign probably another veteran minimum guy to the roster too. But it's it's so hard to predict. Like I was just looking through all the names of free agents, and it's so hard to predict who would want to sign a minimum here because I think it's going to happen for sure. But it's just it's super hard to predict. So I just left that out. But I just wanted to say that I do think we get one more free agent. And I don't think that player would play too much because, you know, they are a, you know, going to be on a veteran minimum most likely. But I think that type of contract could potentially happen. 
Now, obviously, with adding guys like Whiteside and Boucher, you have to, you know, have roster space available for them because with the current team, you know, they don't really mold in that much. But I just, I have this bold prediction, and I think this has a decent chance of happening this offseason. I, I just have this gut feeling that we're going to trade Nas Reed in the offseason. He's a really, really good young backup center, but he just doesn't fit the team mold, I guess you could say. Like, he's a very talented player, by the way, but he can't block shots. He can't rebound the ball well at all. You know, he's an undersized center. Like, all of his negatives, like his the things that he's worst at, are the things that the team is worst at. You know, we need size, we need shot blocking, we need rebounding. He doesn't provide any of those on an above average level for his position. And I think you can get value out of him. I don't think you get first round value. But I think you can get some type of value that could, you know, come back to us in a good sense. Maybe you could get a late first round pick for a team that needs a center really badly because I think he could fit with a lot of teams. But I just don't think he makes sense with our roster anymore. And then we could have a potential rotation next year looking like DeAndre Russell, Patrick Beverly, Anthony Edwards, Jade McDaniels. I think he takes a starting role over Jared Vanderbilt next year. Anthony Towns at center. And then some guys off the bench would be Noel, McLaughlin, Beasley, Vanderbilt, Boucher, Whiteside, and Prince. I think those would be the rotational guys. Obviously, with injuries, minutes would fluctuate. Sometimes some players on that you know list wouldn't play. I think McLaughlin would be the guy who gets pushed out the most, probably. Um... But I, that's a phenomenal roster. That's a really deep roster, and that's in our playoff roster. That could be a top four team in the Western Conference if, you know, Edwards has in our jump, which I actually just made a podcast about recently. That's my latest video on YouTube, which I think he'll make more than an all-star jump this next season, and I still believe that for sure. Um, that wraps up this early free agent predictions video. I will have another one of these coming probably, like, two days before actual free agency starts because by then there will definitely be more rumors towards who we could be getting then I can make more realistic you know and better predictions so make sure you guys check that out when it comes out in probably a few months um but I'll see you guys in the next one peace